Um, I don't know about you, I like them Christmas cards where you get pictures of everybody looking good except the one kid, you know, the one kid who kind of blew it almost. But uh, I, I love Christmas for a lot of reasons, but I got, I got to be honest, I love gifts. And, uh, and when I'm shopping, inevitably, I get one of you in my head, and uh, actually a couple of you. And so if you're sitting out there, you should be nervous um, because they're good gifts. But uh, um, and so as I shop, I find some gifts I really like, and uh, one particular gift caught my eye because I have a lot of respect for Jody Walters. I really do appreciate Mark, her husband, and her wonderful daughters. And, and uh, what's impressed me about Jody uh, is she's got her life together. She seems to have her priorities right. Uh, she seems to be able to keep a lot of things balanced and juggled. And I was wondering how she pulled that off. And I was visiting um, Mark and her one time and noticed a little picture in her kitchen. I thought, oh, that's how she does it. That's how she does it. And I saw a shirt that I think sums up Jody sums up probably her philosophy in life. It says this, all I need is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. That pretty good or what? Jody pretty much covers it. So Jody, Merry Christmas. You can send Maggie up here. She'll grab it. She'd love to walk up in front of everybody right now. So appreciate that, Maggie. I'm going to set that right here if you want to wait till after service. It's still yours, okay? Carter Nelson, where are you? You're here somewhere. Yeah. I like Carter a lot. I, I respect him a lot. I appreciate his stand for Christ. And uh, it's fun watching him in athletics and um, just succeeding in so many ways in school and stuff like that. One thing I've learned about Carter is he's a little soft-spoken. He doesn't speak loud, doesn't speak a lot. And so I thought, how can I help Carter? I know, I know he'd want to reach his friends, and, and, and I know it's probably hard because he is kind of quiet and, and kind of shy. And I thought, how can... How can I somehow equip Carter to share the gospel in as few words as possible? So his gospel presentation and his message would, would kind of mer- merge well with his personality. And I found it. Carter, this is evangelism easy for you, okay? It's the message. It's short. It's sweet. And no one can miss it. It just says, Jesus saves, bro. Right down the pike. I mean, that's, that's pretty simple. You can get that one out. Chad, two rows behind you. All right. Merry Christmas, Carter. Many of you know we have a Wonder Woman in our congregation. And I don't know why. It just seems, Julie, that three years in a row, somehow. We found her T-shirt a couple years ago, and we found her socks last year. And I like to always recognize... Julie is her role as Wonder Woman in our congregation, and uh, she does so many things and does so many things well, and, and one of my concerns is that we, we're, we just recognize it here, but I really want her at home to be able to not forget how much we appreciate our Wonder Woman. So, Julie, you got slippers this year. Wonder Woman, authentic Wonder Woman slippers, okay? They can go with your socks and your shirt and... Uh, it's funny, she wore socks once this last year, I think, and, um, and that was nice, at least publicly. And so, Merry Christmas to you. I love gifts, but I'll tell you what gift I love the best. We find it in Luke 2. I want to read it. You're probably familiar with this story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. 
This was the first census that took place while Kyrianus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. There were angels living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Joseph and Mary summoned to come back to Bethlehem for a census. Maybe they wondered why this was a bad time. After all, Mary's pregnant. Nothing's going to accelerate, accelerate the a delivery of a baby than a, a long trip on a donkey. And uh, Mary probably knew it going into it, um, but they went back. It's Joseph's hometown, after all. He was from the lineage of David. And so back to Bethlehem they, they go. And we're told that at the almost like same time, there's angels in his field, and or the shepherds, these angels appear and scare them half to death. The glory of the Lord shines around them, and they're told good news. This is what they're told. Do not be afraid, as I just read. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, those two verses have been read a lot in years past. Been read a lot and will be tonight, and maybe over the next couple of weeks. They're going to be quoted from the pulpit, proclaimed from children's programs, they already have. You'll see them in Christmas cards over and over, read them in articles, see them on Facebook. It might even get a text to you. We'll read those verses. They're familiar verses to many. And they were kind of familiar to me growing up. I heard them maybe two times a year. And one of them was when I watched Charlie Brown Christmas. So they were familiar vaguely a little bit. I never stopped and thought really much about them because all I really knew was that when Christmas came, these verses were read. So somehow, some way, there was a connection there. And, um, and the verses were, were good because who doesn't want great joy? And who does, who does not want a life with an absence of fear? The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm thinking growing up, okay, I don't want to be afraid. And, and apparently this good news has great joy. I wouldn't mind to live some great joy, so bring it. So Christmas was somehow tied to that verse, and I thought there was something good involved in it. That's really about all I knew about it. For me, though, Christmas growing up really wasn't about good news. Unless you meant the good news that I had a large present under the tree. That was good news to me growing up. That's about all I knew about good news. And I would venture to say that when I heard those verses read, 
It was long, I thought something along the lines of whatever that good news was that the angel shared, it was good news for other people, not me. And it really had little, any, little if anything, to do with me. And that when I went to church on Christmas or maybe the couple times that I was there at a program and I heard these, these verses and heard the message of Christmas, there was always a thought that this happened so long ago. What does it really have to do with me? And I believed that God was there, and I guess I would be- say I believe that Jesus came to earth, but it just really didn't have anything to do with me. But I'd celebrate it to the degree I could. But good news for me, I didn't get it. Didn't see it. I didn't even consider needing good news, to be honest. But to be sure, I was blinded to the good news. Yes, there are lights, cookies, ornaments, gifts. Cookies, did I say it already? And to some degree, it overshadowed the message. But there were a couple realities in play that I was unaware of at the time growing up. One was that no one ever shared the good news with me, except my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. DeWig. And I remember that because she did. And so for all you public school teachers out there, you can have a tremendous impact. And I got to believe there's going to be adults who will grow up, the kids you had who saw something in you and Maybe some will be sitting up front and saying, let me tell you about my teacher. I'm telling you about Mrs. DeWig. She would at lunchtime have a little Bible study, and I I remember hearing a little bit about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, but I don't remember ever hearing it beyond that, and uh, certainly not the way she shared it. Secondly, I was spiritually blinded to what I did read and the little I did hear. You know, one of the things I think we like Christmas is the warmth of it, right? I mean, the warmth of family. I think that's why I like Hallmark movies. My kids hate that. Turn it off, Dad, turn it off. But there's a warmth in the story of being with family, and I I think that I'll always like that, but it always wore off. It wasn't able to sustain me when life really got difficult or the questions multiplied, and maybe you're the same way. You love Christmas because you love the warmth of family. But maybe, like me growing up, a couple of weeks removed from it, and you're face-to-face with life, and you, you don't have answers. It's kind of how I was growing up. And as I listened to the Christmas songs, and, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe in them somewhere, the older I got, there would be something that would radically change my life. And I don't know, maybe I thought that when the 12 drummers drumming, that somehow, someway, it would transform me. Or maybe that somehow when the six geese are laying, were laying, that something would give me hope. And that never did. Couldn't find it in the songs, at least not in those. I remember we had a nativity set. It wasn't that big. And, and, and we set it up on a little uh, table on the side there. And, but it's one of those nativity sets, if you have one, that's been in the family for a while. So my parents weren't too keen on us kids throwing the pieces around or stuff that kids do. you know, And so... We're always afraid to go near it because there is going to be big trouble if we were found handling that or moving anything around. And so there's great fear we'd break to pieces. And so in considering the good news of the scene in the manger, I guess you could say I kind of took the same posture. I didn't get too close to it. 
I, I certainly didn't get close enough to see if I was in the story at all. And to me, maybe one of the great tragedies of Christmas is the Christmas story is you don't realize that the Christmas story is intersected with your story. And I didn't get that. I didn't understand that. I just thought it was one story, here's my story, and, and, and they didn't meet. They couldn't meet. And so I was left hopeless growing up with that sense. I, I always felt somehow there was just enough when I went to midnight mass that if I had to put the pieces together and I couldn't. And no one would tell me how to make sense of it all. And so as I considered this good news, I seemed so removed from it and it seemed so distant. I was familiar with it, but I would never come close to it until 1982. In October of 1982, I'd been reading about the life of Jesus, studying on my own, and I learned that he was God and that he'd come down to earth to die for sin of mankind. And in doing so, made right with God all who'd turned to him in faith. I was walking through a campus at the college I was at, and there was a little chapel there, and I made a beeline for it, and I couldn't wait to get in there because I knew it was, it was my time. I, I knew I needed Jesus I knew what he'd done for me, and I gave him my life. Trusted him as my Lord and Savior that night. By faith that day, I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. My life changed greatly. I was learning so much, but one thing stands out as I look back, and that was that first Christmas after I trusted Jesus. It was all brand new. I'm not lying. It was all brand new. God came near. Matter of fact, God did more than come near. He drew me near. That nativity set, I, I couldn't go near before. I realized that his story, the Christmas story, intersected with my story. And I became born again. Brand new. Because Christ came. It's interesting, we, the name Emmanuel, which means God with us, Matthew 1 tells us that. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And the word Emmanuel, the two Hebrew words, really, literally, is with us, God. He's a with us God. God came down to be with us, to go through what we would go through. And so we would have a high priest, as the Bible said, who is able to sympathize with us, who understands our weaknesses. He came near. That's the beautiful news, the, the beautiful news about Christmas. I was brand new, and I saw for the first time that this good news was Jesus. And there was so much I'd missed. For one, I didn't need to fear the future anymore. It was just like the angel said, fear not. I would spend eternity with God. And that despair and that lostness that I experienced through the previous years had been replaced with, just like the angel said, a great joy. That's exactly what it was and is. I'd experienced through all the previous years some of the questions, the confusion, and it just seemed all of it paled in comparison. While growing up, my dad, would, and I still do too, he'd make this huge ham. It's like he found the biggest one. And he would get the pineapple and brown sugar and sprinkle it on the ham. But he'd put a lot of brown sugar and pineapple all over the thing. But that was the top sprinkled on the main event. <laughs> the main event's the ham. 
And, and, and we sometimes sprinkle a little Jesus on the Christmas holiday and think we celebrated it. That's what I did growing up. But I realized when I came to faith in Christ that the substance is Christ. Everything else really doesn't matter. And I realized growing up that if I really wanted to celebrate Christmas, I should grab a ham sandwich and go sit in my cold garage because that would be more like what that first Christmas was like than the way that I'd celebrated it growing up. It was all brand new to me when I came to faith in Christ and saw that God drew near. And he still does. And today this message is good news. It will be forever good news. And so we celebrate it. Emmanuel, the with us God. I'd like to encourage you in a couple ways this Christmas. One is consider closely your life. Or put it this way, your heart. Maybe you can relate to what I'm saying because maybe right now you're like, yeah. Growing up, man, that, that's exactly how I think of Christmas. It's warm, but, but I, I haven't understood that his story has intersected my story and made my future brand new. Maybe you didn't really consider the fact that the nativity means God drew near. That's the beauty of the story. Maybe like me, you heard it growing up, and maybe you heard it in Christmas programs, and, but you've never responded in faith. So ask yourself, have I responded in faith to Jesus Christ, the one who came to be Lord and Savior? Maybe you need to ask your children or a family member or a friend if they've responded to Christ, who is the good news. Because remember what the angel proclaimed? This is good news for all people. That means you. And that means your family. It means your friends. And so ask yourself and ask others. Have they responded to this good news? Don't assume because they've seen the nativity or because they've been close and familiar to it that they're near the Savior. That doesn't necessarily mean they are. Ask yourself and ask them. Have they responded to the good news? Secondly, celebrate this good news. Reflect on all it means for you personally. Because after all, again, the good news is for all people. Refuse the glitter that the world attaches to the season to sidetrack you from worshiping Jesus, our Savior and Lord. One thing I've learned from experience and growing up, there's no peace in the glitter. There's only peace in the substance. And the substance is Jesus Christ. He's the one we celebrate. And so stay focused and celebrate him. I know some of you are here tonight, and you're just trying to make it through. Life might have thrown you a curveball this past year. I can relate at times this year that maybe like you, we, we're just trying to get through the day, just trying to get through the week. The stress of circumstances, uh, relational conflicts perhaps, or your health, you felt the cold sting of life. Maybe you're wondering, you're here and it's warm, it's good to be with family, but as you look back, you wonder, where did it all go wrong? You're in a place you neither desired nor planned in your life right now. If you were honest, your life's a mess. God seems so distant. And you're wondering if the Christmas story really even matters, like I did. And as you sit here, the, the only reality you know is the cold reality of distance from God. Please hear me. God drew near so you no longer need to shiver out in the cold. 
with the with us God came so you could be with him for eternity. Never alone, ever again. And tonight you can draw near to him by faith, by trusting Jesus Christ, the Savior who came to pay for your sins. Maybe tonight you're thinking right now what this, one, this young lady wrote me last year after a Christmas Eve service, and I'll read her words. The message was great. It was like really great. And this was the first time I've ever heard this and actually understood it a little bit. Thank you. Maybe tonight you're like, oh, it's starting to make a little sense. The Apostle Paul referred to Jesus as an indescribable gift. So I recognize I'm trying to describe an indescribable gift tonight. And so forgive me if I'm doing poorly. But if you desire to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight, that's the best gift I could ever wish for someone. And I want to give you that opportunity right here. He's here right now. The with us God who wants you to be with him forever invites you to respond in faith. And so I want to give you that opportunity. Let's bow in prayer. If that's your desire like this young lady last year, to invite Christ into your life to be your Savior, make this your prayer. Dear Jesus, I confess I need you. I feel so alone and distant out in the cold by myself. But I praise you tonight for I recognize that you came near. And so I call upon you, Jesus, to save me. Save me from my sin. Save me from myself. Please forgive me so I could be right with you. And I claim the promise of the Bible that since I call upon you, the name of the Lord, I will be saved. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Tomorrow morning, with the gifts under the tree, the greatest gift I'll have is God's love and forgiveness. I first opened that gift in 1982, and I continue to open it each day. And tonight, pray that you've opened that gift, maybe for the first time, or maybe you just need to unwrap it again and embrace it once again, the powerful truth that there's a with us God. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord.